all have to paint on a permanent smile and show the world that we're strong, we have no problems, and everything is fine. It's fine. We're fine. I'm fine. But inside, many of us are battling with demons or issues that no one else can see because we try to hide them. I'm so proud of my courageous next guest on Women in What We Do, who vulnerably shares her journey. I'm your host, Mary Brucker, and welcome. Owner of Perrysburg Energy Solution, and as we like to call her, the Empress of Fabulous, <laughs> welcome to the show, Miss Molly Thompson. Thank you so much, Mary. It's really great to be here with you today. And having a fun title, doesn't it just like <laughs> make you giggle a, a little bit? A fun title. That's it's absolutely good. perfect That's for you. <laughs> I uh, my, my story about uh, Molly is I've been in love with her for about 30 years now. We met a long time ago, and she is an uh, entrepreneurial spirit, owned, uh, operated, and in charge of many projects, including the lighting of the Glass City River Wall, which mm-hmm. we're excited um, about. We're excited excited. Um, But we could talk for days and days Mm -hmm. about your career and the things that you've accomplished, but that's not our conversation today, right? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, Thank you. So um, my entrepreneurial career has a lot to do with my discovery uh, about 15 months ago, uh, being diagnosed with ADHD. And um, I have been, since the age of 12, I've known that I was different. I think different. I have a different view of the world. I speak differently. I don't always fit in. There's just a lot. But there, I didn't have any vehicle, any vocabulary, any framework to explain that. So I just tried to fit in. And it's like fighting against yourself for decades. And it's exhausting But I think all of us as entrepreneurs, as people, develop coping mechanisms. So being funny, um, I was chronically late. I was a little bit disorganized, but really fun. I always have great dinner parties, but I just have to, I feel like I had to, I felt like I had to just kind of give more and do more and be more. And I think um, those strategies started not working so well. Right. Um, so I say that I was diagnosed in um, the summer of 2022, but really it was in 2016. And I went to a therapist and she said, oh, honey, you like classic textbook ADHD. Which we hear the, the word ADHD mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. What, does, what does that mean? Well, it stands for... a. T- um, <laughs> like Attention. you're asking the ADHD <laughs> right. deficit hyperactivity disorder. Okay, it's so interesting um, because I I'm pretty since I found out and really got my head around it. Um, I've been very vocal that it is not a disorder. It's not a like a medical condition. It's there. There is a certain population of the world that our brains are wired differently, and so. It's, um, you know, I think it's so easy to have pity when you hear someone has a disorder. Right. But it's not that way. So the first time, and I was part of the problem before, because the first time in 2016 when I was told, you have ADHD, I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I went to an MD and she said, well, I, I think it's actually anxiety, maybe a little bit of depression. And so they 
I was treated with the symptoms. So not surprisingly, you know, going on antidepressants for a, an issue that wasn't related to that was not really effective. So a year or two later, I just said, this, this isn't working. I don't know what it is, but this isn't it. And started kind of advocating more for myself. Right. Um, and, you know, I had been, oh my gosh, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 25 years. But, you know, before that, in between that, I've been in jobs that weren't a fit that I would either leave after a couple years or get fired from. And so there was a lot of shame around that, a, like deep amount of shame because it's like, what's wrong with me right. that I'm not like my friends who have these jobs for years and thrive in them and I just don't do well in that environment. But then I always know, I've always known about myself a few things, like if there's a crisis, I'm a great person to call because I'm able to very quickly weed out the unnecessary stuff and get to the things that matter immediately in that moment. So whether it's like someone's house is on fire, which happened in the last week, to you know a health emergency for family members or friends or a business decision, decision that needs to happen, like something big happens and we need a decision right away, I'm a great person for that. Right. So I thought it was like kind of an accident or a like a fun party trick almost. But after getting the diagnosis, diagnosis the second time, I started looking at it totally differently and doing a lot of research and realizing there's a whole section of women, like hundreds of thousands called the lost generation because our symptoms didn't present when we were little. So what symptoms do you have or do you look for? Um, so every body is different, but the things for me are, you know, and I, I've asked family and friends, have I always been late? Yes. Have I been disorganized? Yes. Have I been impulsive? Yes. Do I think way out there? Yes. You know, and some people, it's very funny because I chose when I, in 2022, when I kind of got my head around this and started dealing with the anger, the shame, and working through all of that, I decided to dive in headfirst and be very vocal about it. And it, is, it has changed my life. It's changed the trajectory of my business. It's changed my relationships with my husband, my kids, my family. Because of it, my daughter got diagnosed. It's changed her life. She's in college. So it is, um, once you work through the negative part of it, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's a superpower for me. So what, what is the negative part of it? You know, so many, like all of those descriptors that you just said, mm -hmm. that's me. Like you, you just described me and, mm -hmm. and so many other women that, that I, I hang out with. Right. Mm -hmm. So you get this diagnosis and it becomes your superpower. How? Because I had, because of dealing with the shame of always being late, there must be something wrong with me. There is an inherent flaw where I am somehow selfish and only thinking of myself because I'm late. And that's not it. It's that, you know, in my brain, my brain is wired to optimize. Like I can accomplish an incredible amount of things that takes people days to do. I can do it in four hours. And I was in a job where I actually got fired because of that. I raised so much money for this organization and it used to make them so mad because they wanted someone to show up at eight and leave at five. That is 
completely not how I'm wired. I'll show up when I show up, but I will be the last one there. I will get it done and I will get it done to the nth degree and get it done right. So some of those, the symptoms of being late, what I saw was it's not my fault and it's not about me and it's not personal. So the funny, the most ironic thing of all is, well, I'm, I'm late. I'm more often on time than not now. You know, after like years, I mean, it was like psychologically damaging to myself and other people because I thought that they valued me less. So I value myself more. Um, I have taken a deep dive into a coaching program for high achieving entrepreneurs with ADHD to find out like meds is one option for people with ADHD. And it was terrifying because I went down that path, but it took me a month before I would first start taking it because I was so worried it was going to change my brain and change me as a person. And that's not the case. It just made all the chatter in my brain. It just quieted it down. So I was able to focus more. But for me, that was also not enough. Like I wanted to look at what's my lifestyle like? Who are the people I'm spending time with? All of that and really lean into some really uncomfortable conversations that had me, you know, look at what do I want as a business owner? Because when someone asked me that once, since my since I have taken on this superpower of ADHD, I realized I've spent most of my life playing a character. And it was based on some ideal that, as you know, it's like the horizon. You can see it out there, but you can't ever get there. You never get to the horizon. That's what living up to an ideal is. It's unattainable. And so by default, you can't ever get there. And it's very, um, it can be very upsetting and very emotional. So now I, I accept that I play by my own rules. And people, if, you know, if they don't like the rules I'm playing by, maybe I've outgrown them. Maybe they're not the right people for me. And it doesn't mean anything about me or them. But now I'm being very particular about who I want to do business with, who I want to spend time with. And um, those people love and support me have said, this is amazing. I've gotten really good at something that has always been uncomfortable because part of ADHD for me is being a people pleaser because of the shame of trying to make up for my flaws, which now are not flaws. It's just how I'm wired. So now I don't have to be the people pleaser. I can go into you know um, a business deal or uh, a family situation with a strength that I never knew that I had or could have. And that's really, really empowering. So my being vocal about it is that you know, for my daughter who's in college, I want her to know it's okay. It's not it's not her fault. So it's a combination of lifestyle meds, therapy, conversation, and putting routine and structure, in my life to support me in getting to where I want to go and to also minimizing the things that, you know, part of being a people pleaser is that I wanted to be at every party. I wanted to be at every event. And now it's like, okay, this is going to be a distraction. I really don't want to go to this. Right. Is this something that has to be clinically diagnosed? Is this something that, you know, I I was reading through impulsive, um, disorganized, poor time management, problem focusing on a task, excessive activity. I mean, like I've got, I mean, I could read this list and, and check almost 
every box. Yeah. When do you know that you should probably identify this? Like it changed your life by did. by identifying it. When what would you recommend or suggest to somebody who reads a list like this and goes, "Oh my gosh." Mhm. So some of those um, that you read are very relevant for me and that I have shared. I now have a deeper understanding of emotional dysregulation, um, executive function, hyperactivity, inattention, and the strengths and the weaknesses of those. Because any any strength that you have too much of can become a weakness. So it's not a one-size-fits-all conversation. So you know, for me, it was I wanted to do enough research until I was satisfied that it made sense to me. And I did a lot of research. And it was, you know, people I admire out in the world starting to look at, are they people with ADHD? Some of them, yes. You Actually, once you start to identify it, like it is astounding the number of entrepreneurs who have ADHD, you know, that are household names. So it's pretty interesting, but then it also is validating for me. So finding the people who have ADHD, who are, you know, kind of um, mentors, even if they're, I don't know them personally. So that's one thing. Research is another thing. Um, you know, what, do you have a proclivity to um, addiction? That's another, that's another thing. And for me, it showed up differently because my addiction was, like sugar and flour. And, you know, that would lead to all sorts of bad decision making. That was never on the radar of, you know, of lifestyles. You know, people were still saying avocados are bad and butter is bad. And so, you know, addiction is taking on a whole new kind of um, meaning these days. But I looked at that for me and that was a really uncomfortable conversation when I had to get up and close, up close and personal with that. But it was, you know, I wanted to stop masking and numbing and all of that. I wanted to start feeling everything. And part of um, ADHD is that people with ADHD, oftentimes, more often than not, we feel things very intensely, sometimes a hundred to a thousand things times more intensely, but it also comes and goes pretty quickly. So I, I think for a lot of us um, who maybe struggle with with some of this, um, we don't want to identify. We don't want to be diagnosed. We don't because then you have to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. What gives you the strength to? Or, or what would you tell somebody like me or people who are listening? Just because the diagnosis is uh, some letters, what do you do with that? For me, what I got to see about like playing a character and being some version of myself that was, you know, a lifetime in the making, it's exhausting. Yeah. Like it makes me emotional. Like when I think about it, like, certain conversations you just you can feel yourself put the armor on and it's heavy and it's exhausting and I'm really good at being on but I just now I have to really kind of take a look at okay I know that I can turn it on on a dime like I'm really good at that but is that in my best interest is that 
taking me to the place where I want to be. And no, wearing armor and feeling exhausted and feeling less than or like I'm, is this all there is? That, you know, it's here's the other thing is when I got diagnosed the first time with anxiety and depression, those are clear symptoms of ADHD. And it was the other way around at first, which is why it kind of got glossed over because it was, well, I think you have anxiety with a touch of depression. And really it's that I'm someone with ADHD. So if I go into the kitchen and it's full of dishes and stuff or the house is a mess, that is very, very, very loud in my head. It is very loud and it sometimes can be overwhelming. So understanding that, you know, that is ADHD, like it literally, all of a sudden I didn't have to be at the effect. It can make, it helped me be proactive. So I understand and I've talked to people who have shared with me, you know, some people are like, how did you not know this? And I'm like, how did you not know it? Right. You know, so it's like, how does a fish know it's in water? Because it's the way it's always been for me. And I have created my life to work around, you know, the strategies or whatever that is. I created that to work and it did work until it didn't. And so now I would rather be vulnerable and take the armor off. And I have used to me, that's such a kind of a great metaphor because armor is really heavy if you were to put on an armor suit and to take it off leaves you exposed. But there's a lot of stuff like we have completely changed our business model because of of all of that. Yeah. And being vulnerable and saying, you know what, I want to exponentially grow the business. I have like a basic understanding, like a tenuous grasp on what that even means. Let's explore it. I wouldn't have had the the guts to do that. I wouldn't have had the confidence. Speaking of the guts and the confidence, um, you talking about this publicly is amazing to me. I mean, you are you are this strong, resilient woman, and and some of us struggle sometimes talking about our vulnerabilities. How how has that changed your life, or why did you decide to to talk publicly? I I can't even imagine how people respond to you. And I know we've we've talked about some tough conversations that you've had Um, with people that you were close with. I'll just back up, you know, a number of years ago, I mean, I had people tell me terrible things like, I just don't value your opinion as an entrepreneur. Those were people who had never started business. They'd never put their butts on the line. They'd never done it with no safety net whatsoever. Like that to me, that's being vulnerable. But for a while, I believed them. So now what I got to see taking the armor off is I get to see the armor that everybody else wears every single day. And for me, I just don't have to take on those conversations anymore because I'm on the path that I'm on and I may have, I may be wired as someone who is like, I'm wired to find the best way forward, the shortest, best way, never at the expense. It's always with the intent of making things better. But the path for me is not always the path for others. So when I had those conversations with people in my family and friends who said, that's ridiculous. Like, come on now. It was like, okay, I I can let them have that because people are used to seeing me a certain way and it makes them uncomfortable if I'm now standing up for myself and drawing a big thick line in the sand and reinforcing it 
and still being great with them. And it doesn't mean that I'm like, get out of my life, because that's not what I want. It's, it's in fact saying, I love you, and this is what I know about myself to be true, and I am going to do everything to protect myself, my well-being, my family, my business, all of that. And it's been, it's been a really interesting journey. It is a shortcut to find out who the, the close people on your A-list are. And so for me, I had this pretend A-list before of the parties and chasing the ideal. And it was not super satisfying in the long, like I'm you know, happy, I'm a happy person, but now I'm like, I find deep satisfaction in what I do and the people I spend time with. And to me, that's worth it. And I have friends whose daughters have, they've, the friends have called me and said, will you talk to my daughter? She's in her 20s or 30s. She's really struggling. And I don't know, you know, she has been diagnosed or she hasn't been diagnosed wherever they are. Um, and I think what your story really resonates with me about my daughter, it looks similar. So to me, that's what it is, is I'm willing to put myself out there because it has allowed me to, you know, put down the shield and start to develop and create at my tender age. What do I really want? What are my own values? And, you know, be a, a resource for other people. I love being a resource, but now I can do that. You do. So there's there's plenty of people out there listening right now who I'm sure is going, yes, that's me. Oh, my gosh, that's me. I, I, I feel that. I see that. Mm-hmm. In closing, what would you what would you tell them? Do the research. There's so much information online. There are resources available. Can I share one resource that's been really instrumental for me? It's called the Impulsive Thinker Podcast. And it's someone like me, a high-achieving ADHD entrepreneur who went through, he calls it a life tempest, which is now that I know him, it's sort of funny. He has maybe close to 200 episodes with people of every imaginable background. And the stories like, you know, my uh, last fall when I, after I got diagnosed, we would be out in the yard raking with my husband and I, and I'd have my AirPods in listening to this podcast, and he'd come up and I'd be bawling. And he's like, oh, are you getting validated again? <laughs> <laughs> because it was, it was that powerful, like, oh my gosh, there's nothing wrong with me, and I can stop fighting against myself. And if I can be that resource, particularly, there's a lot of stuff out there, and most of the entrepreneurs who are known with ADHD in the world, I would say are men, but there are tons of women. And if I can be that resource for women who are high achieving, pick your pathway. You don't have to go on meds. You don't necessarily have to change your lifestyle, but you have a choice to make. And if your choice is to get through this and find out what you can do to, and what are the tools you can leverage to make yourself and your life and the world around you better, Fantastic. There's a lot of that out there. So that's one resource. And, you know, there are articles all over the place. Go get tested. There's assessments. Change your lifestyle. Look at the impact of the food that you eat and how that makes a difference. That is wholesale. I always try to fit that word in. It's my like word of the month. (laughs) And I always do it wrong. But it is something that is vastly overlooked. Right. So, um, you know, lifestyle, environment, sleep. I know it's a sexy buzzword. But if I don't get enough sleep, it changes my day. 
So those are some of the resources that I would recommend. Well, I think we could talk hours and hours about this subject, and I am just so grateful that you are vulnerable, um, that you are this amazing woman who want to help uh, other women, and I just value everything that you brought to us today, Molly, and uh, everything that you bring to this community and to my life, so thank you. Well, and thank you, because were it not for people like you, I wouldn't be able to tell this story, so thank you for your fierce commitment to women and to the community because that means everything to give people a voice. So thank you. We should no longer feel that mental health is a stigma. And having diagnosed letters after your name does not mean that you're less than. It just proves that your brain works differently. And sometimes, what you always thought was your disorder can actually turn into your superpower. I'm so proud and grateful for our guest, Molly Thompson, for sharing her story. And thank you to my executive producer, Chris Pfeiffer, and to you, our listeners. If you like what you hear, please go to wgte.org slash what we do. And remember, speak up. We do. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.